Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the podcast where we cover all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all the way to the point that we sometimes even rank MCU daddies on a Father's Day, which you can catch if you sign up to our Patreon. Um, we just started that up a couple of weeks back, and we've gotten ourselves a pretty awesome set of subscribers already. So thank you so much for doing that. But yeah, definitely, if you're interested, check us out at patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod, is it? mcuniversitypod. Thank you very much. You were honestly, there was such a great, I, I admire the advertisement to be top so much. <laughs> yeah, shout out to you. The link was the, the, link problem. Was the problem. We'll get you there eventually. Uh, is that the I, podcast where you ascertain which MCU daddy is the best daddy? Yes. Which uh, we ranked, get a fair we ranked our, our top, top tens. tens. It was, uh, yeah. And then we added them together and we discussed yeah. it. Did it go to over two hours? It did go a long time and a drink that required a mini washroom break. That was how far it went for us. Um, yes. But no, it was a great time. Definitely. Uh, if you're interested, check that out. Um, sign up and also check out the other things that we're doing over there. But let's talk about what's going on on the main, which is more Loki. We're through episode three at this point. And before we jump into that, I want to get to our co-host first. Jake, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. I'm happy to be talking about Loki episode three. AC? Uh, hey, another trip into a strange planet, uh, strange place. Looking forward to talking about it. And uh, finally, we have ourselves a guest. We were texting a bit before this. Uh, he's not the most excited because he wishes it was on a different episode, but we can let him talk about the series in general. Uh, he is the producer of Cinefo, part of the Counting Dings Network. Anthony Mays, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. You know, AC texted me. He's like, Loki, you know, what do you think? Seems like it's right up your alley. Let me mm -hmm. tee you up for episode three, because I know you love filler episodes so much, Mays. So why don't you come on to MCU and let's talk about Loki. Well, talk to us about the first two episodes. Have you been a fan of the series so far? I'm definitely digging it. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, the the foundation of this show is the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, which of course we got none of in episode three, but it was noticeable. Yep. <laughs> this is the type of time bending, complicated thought process television that I'm always here for learning that the creator came from the Rick and Morty tree. It's oh, actually kind okay. of funny. He he was like their office assistant all the way dating back to community and then had two of the best ideas and got promoted up to a writer for season four. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely feel the Rick and Morty influence in this show. And then also it reminds me a lot of The Good Place, which I know you love, Jake. Just mm -hmm. the, the bureaucratic nature of the TVA. And yes. not just... And then obviously I... Yeah. Hillboy, you know is there as well. oh no i was gonna say and also uh i'd be remiss and i brought it before it's really if it, to me like the two most big influences from what i know are the good place and doctor who it definitely has definitely. that uh especially this episode where it's like because the, the classic doctor who formula of accidentally going somewhere in time and happening to be in a disaster that you need to help people in. entirely entirely um yeah i mean let's just Let's get some early thoughts on this, because this one is a different episode, I would say, from the other two. Uh, Maze lovingly referring to it as a filler episode. <laughs> Maze, so, uh, you know, I'll just continue on with you uh, before I get to the other guys. So you've been a big fan. Uh, we were texting a little bit about it beforehand. Um, what got you about this episode, kind of broad strokes? Well, so 
Joanna Robinson did a whole write-up on Michael Waldron, and he mentioned one of the influences was before sunset, before sunrise, that whole series. And that was so obvious in this episode where we have a man and a woman walking around a strange locale. They're both tourists. At one point, they get on a train. Like, come on, <laughs> you're hitting me over the head with this. <laughs> but I I appreciated it. I, I'm... I'm being a dick when I say it's a filler episode, but <laughs> there were definitely some nuggets that got dropped in there. Definitely. That pertain to the series as a whole. And if you were to cordon this episode off as its own thing, which is hard to do in a six episode run, it was enjoyable. Yeah. I think that that's the side that you kept on mentioning. It's, I think you're more open to this if we were working with more time, but it was more the fact that it's six episodes in total that you're wondering why they would spend so much time on just what happened here. It's a lot of time to basically push pause on the entire narrative of the show this point, up to this point. We left episode two with this huge cliffhanger of her dropping all these bombs across time. Mm -hmm. And we are still waiting to figure out <laughs> exactly we, what we felt happened suspended with that. in time in this one. Uh, and then they doubled down and gave us another cliffhanger for this right. episode. So episode four has got a lot of work to do. It does. Uh, AC, how did you feel about the episode? You know, what's funny, um, after watching this episode, I normally read Alan Steppenwall's uh, write-ups on TV series in general, but this one... And he made some comparisons to the Breaking Bad Fly episode and mm -hmm. um, just other things throughout TV where it's like its own standalone thing, but it doesn't doesn't provide anything substantial to the plot. Now, as far as like I've talked about a lot in the first two episodes about the character introspection aspect of what the show has been. You got you got this, you still got a lot of that in this one, which I, that, I was, and, that, and that's yeah. the thing. Like right now, like I am really digging how much we're getting to know Loki. Mm -hmm. And this kind of continued here and just using uh, Sophie DiMartino to play off of him in this one, as opposed to Owen Wilson, as I said last week, before we wrapped, I was like, you know, if we took a pause and uh, with, with uh, Mobius and we did uh, learn more about Sylvie, I think that would have been a, a good way to go. And I had actually, I enjoyed the episode for what it was. Mm -hmm. The nuggets that came out of it were good enough for me that like, okay, I can wait till next week and, and feel comfortable knowing that we kind of, the one thing I will say about this show is that they are keeping it very simple. We know where this is going. I, at least I feel like I know where this is going in terms mm -hmm. of who the villain is and what it's going to end up being. So that helps things along for me personally as to, I didn't mind some of this uh, more just character driven episode. Jake? Yeah, I think it, it was my least favorite of the three thus far, but that's just because one has to be the least favorite. Yeah, um, it, it felt yeah. more like by default, my because I just love yeah. the first two so much. Yeah, um, and I think that um, I thought it was a really interesting, like kind of felt a little bit like a Mandalorian episode at times, just because of the wandering on an empty, you know, uh, wasteland. Yeah, um, I think they recycled the same set from the Timothy Oliphant episode. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know. just added a, a more of a purple tint. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just changed the color correction. Um, it was interesting to see Loki in this setting because even though we've seen him, we've seen him as a villain, obviously. We've seen him with like Thor, where he's kind of like a mischievous brother. And we've seen him with uh, Mobius, where he's, you know, trying to, he's guarded and all that. But 
it's interesting to see him with someone who he's actively trying to express himself to that. Like that's not, um, that it's not a, he's, he's on purpose, not lying and not being withholding. Um, and we've literally we've never seen him like that before. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I could have done with more. I understand that they're trying to be cagey about it, but at a certain point, um, I was kind of like, okay, when is she going to get to talk about herself? I, I feel like right. the, the before uh, sunset, I mean, before sunrise thing is apt uh, maze because like, if I recall, you know, Ethan Hawke's not the only one who talks about himself in that movie, you know, and the fact that <laughs> she just, like, I get that, like I said, I get that they're trying to leave some mystery about it, but I actually think maybe I'll be wrong when it goes on, but I don't. There's I don't, some also in the intent of like her trying to be withdrawn and him trying yes, to open up. Yeah, I agree. But I guess the thing that I found a little frustrating is I don't actually, I just kind of feel unsatisfied with the fact that we ended this episode with not understanding even a little bit how she exists. Like, is right. she like, she's from another universe, but what does that mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's, we didn't get any hints about it. They just didn't even touch it, which is kind of like, that is the whole question about her. And so if anything, I think she just served to like actually more reveal about what's going on in the larger situation, like with the TVA and things. Like exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. And so like she talked about like they talked about, oh, my mother died and this and then the other. But like mm-hmm. they didn't she didn't even say like in my universe or something like that. Like there was really right. nothing. To it's go it's on. the kind of thing that like at least when you think about it in larger MCU terms, it almost almost makes her set up to not exist past the series. Yeah, that's true. But I, I also think that they were I think I guess the reason I'm frustrated by this because I think they're doing it on purpose that they want to make it like a big thing to reveal how she exists. But it's like I just don't. The. We might get ahead of it the way we got with like Sharon Carter and the power broker. Like you, if you yeah. let that draw out long enough, you'll just kind of exactly. connect the two together. You guys don't feel big. like you're ahead of it at this point. I, no, I, I, de- I definitely of, do. But, yeah. but I guess, well, the difference between that too is I think that it's I just like Agatha too. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I Ag- think that the difference, <laughs> Agatha three, I guess if we count Sharon Carter yeah. as the Agatha two in the, in that regard, is that, is that safe? Yeah. 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 We're at the, our third the Agatha. difference I felt at the, at the end, after episode two was that, and I still kind of feel this way is that like, the reason why it doesn't bother me being ahead of it as much is because, especially with talking to the soldier, the whole thing was who's the power broker, who's the power broker, who's the power broker. Yeah, yeah. This show is not necessarily about the answering the all these questions. The, the point is not the reveals. So it doesn't actually matter. But I guess what we're trying to say is that it made the, interactions between loki and sylvie feel a little less earned to me when it was just loki opening up non-stop and then we got literally nothing it's, from her. it's actually i like you bringing that up because i had this feeling watching it like i agree with ac's point that yes we got some introspection but it just felt like it lacked a chemistry and that might just be because of that dynamic and that it seemed imbalanced that it was a one-way conversation i i think they got to their points and they connected but it felt awkward at moments. Like they felt disconnected. I'll be honest. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I was gonna say, Jerome. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Sorry to cut you. I was gonna say that uh, I have a feeling that next episode we're gonna get a look at what Sylvie's past is. I think we have. Oh, to. I think so too. Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we to have to. If we don't next episode, then that's kind of like. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, no, based I'm on not so only sure, based on because I saw the only because I saw the fe- the the feature and it kind of shows her getting her life uh, being. Uh, Oh, so the Marvel Studios put out one of those little teasers. <laughs> yeah. So right. it, it shows her at the TVA and, and looking at, uh, you know, like Loki did in episode one. So Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's less uh, like instinctual thing and more of a we know that's coming now. Um, <laughs> 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 I, well, I can, we could talk about the episode. There is a 
a ton that goes on, but we'll try to keep it uh, brief so we can just like talk a little more about the larger picture, which I think this was more about. So we do start the episode uh, in an illusion, I guess, of sorts, where uh, Hunter C20 is having drinks with, at this point, we are we just going to call her Sylvie at this point, since we know that's real? Yeah, call her Sylvie. Yeah, with Sylvie. Uh, she's talking through um, just like, you know, having a casual night out, having drinks. And it's clear immediately that this is all a ploy to get information on where the timekeepers are. So you go through multiple um, attempts. And then finally, uh, we realize we're in the moment where Loki comes into the department store and we're brought right into the episode at that point. So Sylvie takes the, uh, excuse me, uh, the tempad and gets herself to the TVA. Loki follows her there. Uh, she fights her way through a couple of guards. Loki is a foil over there. Um, it's some pretty fun action, I'd say, in that moment. Those were pretty cool scenes. Uh, but, yeah, it just keeps on going up until Ravona um, shows up to... Uh, who's she played by again, uh, Jake? Goom Batara! <laughs> Yeah, see, and this, you know, this is the bit we've been doing. I just said, Google, <laughs> whenever, yes. And yes. I don't want the world to see me. <laughs> yep, already, also already made the joke that if you had a Ravona doll, I mean, toy would be a Goo Goo doll. We've, you there know, you go. all the Goo Goo territory is well trod on this podcast. <laughs> Jake is a... I got a, it covered. He's leased out space in the Goo Goo yeah. uh, plot. Um, but uh, in... As as they're about to get them, Loki uses Tempad to send them off, and they end up in uh, twenty seventy seven. Lamentus. Uh, it's another apocalypse site. The world's about to end. The moon is crashing upon them, and they need to get their way out. Uh, Sylvie points out that the way they get off is to take the Ark off the planet, and they need to get to a ship to do so. Well, first um, and foremost, they're just walking first, around yeah, looking for a phone they, charger. Exactly. <laughs> they, they they wander around um, on their way to. They also come across like. It, it, do, you, do you guys find anything significant about the scene where they meet the woman living alone in her spot? No, no that, I mean, was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was filler. Yeah, I think that they were trying to demonstrate how like. Neither the two approaches that were. i think that was the only thing yeah yeah um it definitely that definitely felt very mandalorian-ish uh -huh. um and i like it in the mandalorian because that's what the show is but this i also is like it in the that... like was that a notable actor in that? no i don't think so i didn't recognize See, her. like in the mandalorian at least like we yeah. get a cameo of sorts i, think I was expecting the... it i think because it looked like the mandalorian i'm like oh who, whoever's in this house yeah, it's is just like timothy, timothy oliphant shows up again <laughs> yeah it's just, yeah yeah um but yeah they make their way along uh they like you guys said it's it feels like it's just more of a situation to show their two different approaches she's more aggressive hands-on direct to the action loki is the god of mischief he's he always claims to have a plan but never really has a plan actually um and then yeah they're just working their way toward getting on the train uh loki impersonates a guard while um sylvie at the same time uh uses an enchantment uh, to get the guards on. They're on the train. Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork. Also very, very feel, felt a lot like uh, the front cars in Snowpiercer. Um, right. And I, I mean, was the it, metaphor. Yeah. But, yeah. Was it during this walk and talk when Loki 
admits that he's bisexual. No, that was on the train. That's when they actually are on the train train having drinks. Yeah. Yes. Um, Uh, Yeah, that's true. So we get ourselves on the train. They're having drinks. This is where they're starting to have the heart to heart. Um, AC, I'll actually jump to you at this point, just because this would really just dive into the parts of the series that you're a big fan of in terms of the more introspective talk. Uh, How did you take on the various revelations? So uh, they talk about how they each have their powers and how they developed it. Um, they share about Loki's mother. And uh, as Maze mentions, they both share that they are bisexual. Um, from like, how did you feel back about that conversation? Uh, were you getting, like, I know you're getting more ang- um, angles and more sides to Loki. One thing that I think is kind of interesting about this is I think at least Jake, AC and I, we, didn't necessarily feel like we needed to know more about Loki and we're getting a lot about Loki at this point. And mm-hmm. um, like Maze, I actually don't even know how you felt about it. Like before the series even came, like were you Loki fatigued or were you just on board for Loki, just indifferent? Loki is a fun character for Tom Hiddleston to play. Agreed. And he's yeah. a talented actor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what made him stick around for as long as he did. Cause He's been playing this part for almost a decade at this point. Right. And the weird thing to me is that it's a totally tangential Loki, obviously. He's a variant, but emotionally so. But one that we we know, it's just he's branched off from his original path. Exactly. But the download of his future, which Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would deal with seeing my future and if that would force me to have a profound realization about my internal character but i thought that was pretty well handled considering how ridiculous it is in the first Mm -hmm. episode he's in new territory now like and the real big thing is that because he's the god of mischief he could be playing everybody so we don't really know exactly what he's after he says he wants to overthrow the tva but no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I, 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 I think if anything, um, the thing that they're tapping into, at least that side, is this is not a person ever with a plan, actually. Yeah. yeah. He's like, an improviser. Uh, he's, an, and, he's a hedonist. And, and, he's an improviser. And he's grasping for, like, the whole thing about wanting to take over the TVA. He doesn't want to take over the TVA. He wants to take over whatever the closest, most powerful thing is to him. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so that, you know, and I, and I think and I think at this point, the audience, we're not supposed to think he actually has grand plans of taking over the TVA and ruling. Because we kind of, oh, in the first episode, we had him admit that he only likes to rule things to make himself feel like he hurts people because it makes himself feel powerful, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, let's jump back to that conversation. So AC, how did you take in um, that heart to heart? Well, I mean, there obviously there's a couple of different reveals there. Um, the bisexual reveal, that didn't feel entirely shocking to me just because of the nature of mythology I, I, and, and gods and stuff like that. At one point in Norse mythology, Loki turns himself into a female horse, gets impregnated by a male horse, and then gives birth to a horse, uh, a baby horse that then becomes Odin's steed. I saw people on the internet freaking out about Disney virtue signaling by making him bisexual. It's like, th- this is them taming down the source material. Basically, wait until right, wait right. until they keep it real and make him fuck a horse. Like, just I just don't. What are you even? That's doing? what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, the pocket of the world that is in any way shocked by it being a reveal or even just being a trait of a character 
yeah, that's just not even something to consider on that front. Now, yeah, I think the question that gets raised, especially amongst the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. is in specifically in these properties. Like, I think the Eternals has has a gay character, and what are they going to do with these relationships? How are they going to show them on screen? Is this going to be a thing where they actually show them on screen, yeah. or they mm. refer to them? That's the and problem. then if you're not doing that, then what are you really doing? And then yeah, it's I was, just kind of the same performative stuff that we saw in Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier. Right. I was talking to a friend of the show, Michael Springthor, about it. And he said that, like, it's, you know, it's pretty weak for what the reveal is. And, like, mm-hmm. I just can't help but feel like, especially with a male character being gay or bisexual or anything, I feel like there's so much times where it's like, we they're, they're a gay character because they say they're gay and like, that's a big deal. But it's like, ultimately... The transgressive thing, and I said, I mean, quote unquote, transgressive thing, is actually showing a gay relationship on screen, right. and just having Joe Russo say "my husband" or whatever in yeah. Endgame is not because, <laughs> like, because yeah. the, the thing is that, like, if we're being real about it, the thing that homophobes don't like about gay people is the actual intimate acts, you know. So, like, if you show two men kissing, that's actually that's much more right. old than. There, actually- but there's also like, I guess, um, I agree that I think. You show it all. I, I think it also needs to be handled carefully enough. I agree. Even like the showing of the boldness, if you want to call it that, like that in itself can become performative, even more so, oh, like well, more directly. I, I 100% yeah. agree. I think, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess that's what I just, the thing I, I actually have no problem with any of the specific stuff. I just feel like it is kind of like, I never want to be the guy that's that says like, oh, it's not that big of a deal that they did that. But it is kind of like, I guess it was just, I was just so not surprised that like he's the god of mischief. Like he's Norse mythology. Like I, of right. course, you know. And, I think, and, no, and the shoe fits for sure. Yeah, and I think the important thing is that Kate Heron, the director, is bisexual. Yes. And mm-hmm. so she came out with a statement on Twitter about how she felt really personally motivated to yes. make this kind of like bisexual landmark, like LGBTQ mm-hmm. statement. And right. it, in that sense, AC, I think it kind of has some similarities to sam wilson getting turned down for a bank loan you know it's like it's just something that you want to put in the show that doesn't necessarily go along with everything Mm -hmm. else but like is a statement from the creators that's why i don't want to fully poo poo it because i think that like it's not for me to say that it was and also i do appreciate that they had the lighting which i believe the bisexual colors of the flag. i could be wrong about that i think i'm right um and yeah i think that if it's important I think it's important because it's important, but it is kind of like, it is at the same time where it's like, I hope that we get to a point where, um, you know, it's, I guess thing I was thinking about too, because it's like Marvel's also really bad at showing, like they only have like a handful of actual straight romantic relationships. They have terrible relationships. So it's like, what happened with Steve and and Sharon Carter, man? Yeah. So as I was going, so I was like, I was actually thinking about last night where it's like, you know, what are they going to, you know, because like Todd, call me when they have like a same sex kiss on screen. But it's like, they have like opposite sex relationship in. It's probably Tony and Pepper, but like. Right, right. Okay. Even I, that, like that's mostly just because of it's really Iron Man three, right? Mm-hmm, that that yeah. really like. Goes I mean, off. like I guess like Homecoming mm-hmm. and uh, and Infinity War across too, but yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and also like you know it's funny they didn't show it, but they didn't show it because it was a deleted scene. But I thought the Wakabi Okoye relationship, the yep. deleted scene, I was like, I wish they showed that. That was right, like a right. real. That felt like a real give and take between yeah. a husband and yeah. wife, but. 
Um, but yeah, they're not good at that. Well, no, I mean, like, Kevin Feige has the same be... Achilles heel as George Lucas in that regard. We also have like four straight guys trying to like parse through this. Yeah, I realized that as I, I was speaking, and it didn't I, stop I think, me. What does that say I, about I, me? I, I think if anything, you know, listeners and everything, like take this all with a grain of salt. <laughs> this is Absolutely. not in any Absolutely. way our territory. But but um, uh, Jerome, I would like to I would like to continue on. There's two other things. Well, I, I actually want to like because I do want to add like one small just point in. Oh yeah, by all means. Uh, I think. I I think the one thing that at least felt. Um, felt all right about uh, that scene is a that it was taken in such a way that it wasn't meant to be a reveal as much of a point of relation. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like coming out, right? It was just yeah. kind of the way you you're all discussing. It, like, it makes perfect sense that yeah. Loki would be by. And so it's not a thing of Loki having to hide it as much as just like, yeah, we both are and that's it. So it, it kind of reminds me to a small degree of Shit's Creek where in a lot of ways they present a world where it's just so normalized that it's not so much that it has to be a groundbreaking moment. Um, but I think in this case, in the context of it being on a Disney show, in the context of being in a large property like Marvel, it is groundbreaking for where it is. And to um, to Maze's point, uh, also like very personal too for it to happen. So I think on those fronts, uh, I'm happy for them that they got to express it and put it out the way that they seem to have intended to. Um, but at the same time too, I think with any of these things, whether it's how we felt about this moment or how we felt about certain things coming out of Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, everyone is going to have their own take and feeling because of their particular experience with it. Um, anyway, uh, AC, you had more thoughts about the revelations. You guys are so damn polite on this podcast. I come from (laughs) such a more combative rude podcasting background. Do you want us to, do you want us to become more rude? It's just like, I'm just, just, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm impressed, though. I like it. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, we'll give you kind of like a DIP rest version of the podcast. You just get to relax. <laughs> it's it's just like it's a back-to-back, and you get to, you know, just like put in a good 36 minutes on the night, get the W, head back home. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I thought the I thought the conversation about love was was interesting and mm-hmm. just the way that they use metaphors. Love is a weapon and <laughs> love is bleed. a dagger. AC. Love is a dagger. <laughs> That's what I always say. It's my favorite Guns N' Roses song, personally. <laughs> love is an imaginary dagger. <laughs> but but yeah, like I, I, just the, just little stuff like that. It kind of continued on the 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 themes of um, the fun aspects of uh, the conversation that that they were having throughout the episode. I think mm-hmm. the the obviously the TVA reveal is an important one and an instructive That one comes one. a bit later, so let's hold yeah. for that. Right. Hold yeah. for that. Hold on one. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, like I mean, a lot of this also takes place as while uh, Loki is Loki is drinking, and then I thought the singing scene was fun. The, the singing right. scene was fun. Yeah, they, they go all rest that. their respective ways. Where uh, Sylvie takes a much needed nap power nap and loki gets his drink on um, whoa, 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 whoa. why did you not put much needed in front of that too <laughs> he has a much needed gets much much needed shit face fair I, enough fair i enough. love the i'm not drunk i'm full i'm very full oh i i was up. just like jake is definitely gonna use that phrase uh, yeah i it definitely i just i love just you know if there's a bar there what do you got it's a bar there's nowhere to be 
entirely. I mean, that's what he should be doing. Yeah, well, so we ain't want none of that let, liquor, though. Let, let me get you, AC, to uh, picking up those thoughts. Let me fill in a little plot in between. So they... Uh, Sylvie wakes up, finds out Loki is completely blowing his cover, and it gets to the point that we have guards on the train coming out at them. Big brawl ensues. Loki gets kicked out of the train. Sylvie, knowing that she needs to get to the temp pad, has to jump out and follow him there. The temp pad is broken. All hope is lost. Well, not exactly. That seems to be the whole theme of the episode. Uh, they're going to try to hijack the arc and get themselves out of there. And we have our next walk and talk. So AC, we're on a walk and talk this time. And we have uh, a, a little more, like, I think progressively throughout this episode, you see the walls, a little, at least between Sylvie, or at least what Sylvie's put up is breaking down bit by bit. And you can see there is more of a connection. Um, she is more receptive to talking about him. They are joking about her powers and she explains how it works. And you know, it is both a moment to help build the chemistry and connection between them, but it is also a moment to reveal some more nefarious things that might be going on in the TVA. And what is that, AC? Well, a couple things first. Like, I, I do just want to say during that fight scene um, on the train, um, I do like that they use the whole Sylvie using Loki's crown like Loki used his crown in uh, Ragnarok. That was a nice little uh, cut back yeah. to that. Um, but um, also Loki landing from the train landed exactly like he did where he was falling for 30 minutes. And I mean, Loki too. falling is just like a whole running <laughs> bit at this point. He's just constantly yeah, falling. He's, he, Tom Middleton's a very underrated physical actor. You really, you really <laughs> don't associate that with like the classic British theater types, but he mm -hmm. definitely is. I love the way he flips back his hair. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent hair. I, I think um, especially, I, I remember when I think I was, working on some random low-key based photoshop and i forgot how short his hair was in the original thor compared to now like he's got right. some locks I actually think we can't even tell with you uh maze like yeah. you got the hair tied up how long is that mane oh god moment? it's so long dude it's, have you cut it at all during the pandemic or I cut, I cut it once but it was like a long cut so i didn't right. i didn't cut it all the way back short so got it's it got it got it borderline longest i've ever had i think i probably have longer hair than loki for sure i mean <laughs> this is where we need a video medium so we can get you to try to recreate your hair flip yeah go to the mcu patreon and <laughs> you might see pictures of my hair Oh wow! Oh, that's a honestly. That's just I, I don't even know what I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to open we're, up a new bank account to get all the mo all the money we're gonna get. We're rolling in it. I mean, it's commission at this point for Maze. Get the Maze emojis on the Discord. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, the the TVA scenario. So we find out that so originally it was explained. Mobius explained it as, oh, the TVA, the agents were all created by the timekeepers. Yeah. No, they are not. In fact, they're humans um and their variants apparently so i love that ac just went that... faux british to like have the review i, appreciate I, that, that I just did it when yeah. i said theater types and i appreciate that he did it too <laughs> yeah <it's>, uh... <laughs> uh, thank you jake um but yeah like so now that we kind of know that their variants it does make you obviously question the tva's motives it's pretty clear that these folks ain't good people and by well, not good here's, people. Here's a question, AC. Yeah. Um, yeah, it turns out we're actually in the bad place, AC, is the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, it, it is a reveal, but do you feel it was a reveal as much as, like, you found yourself shocked or just more of a confirmation that things are funky? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's more of a con uh, confirmation because it's like, this is building towards our eventual Kang reveal. So like mm -hmm. whenever we get there, we get there, but this is just like, 
now we want to see what is uh, Ravona's deal and how that's gonna go. And I want to see like what's up with her. I need to see more Gugu um, mm. in this right, next right. episode. Just I, a little bit more of her. I, and I think thing is, oh yeah, I was gonna say I don't really consider even a reveal because what we were told beforehand, we knew just I just I brought it up, but just knew it wasn't true because it was just too facile of an explanation they were created. Like I'm like right. the show is too good to believe that is the explanation. So in the same way that like if you don't know you know, how bees get back to their hive. And a three-year-old says it's because, you know, uh, their hive brought, is broadcasting a radio signal. And you're like, that's not true. So, but then if someone tells you what it actually is, that's not a reveal because you never believe the thing about the radio yeah. signal to begin with. I don't know why I needed a metaphor. I made sense the first time I said it. <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, what's funny about it is that more so with this show, what I feel like it's going to do is somebody like Mobius, who we see in the last episode is explaining to Loki that, you know, the TVA, this is what it is, existence is this, and all this other stuff. And he's really confident in the way that he explains this. I'm assuming that he's going to find out otherwise, mm -hmm. and that may change his thought process along those lines. And where that takes his character should be fun. I think that he, I place a small bet, he was, of his variant, he was from like the early 90s. He was like a real estate agent maybe, or like a car salesman in Miami, spent a lot of time at the Clevelander, um, and that's why he loves jet ski. Very close, Jake. Very close. He's actually Kenny Powers. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Although I, he just, he's too, he's too nice though. I don't really, I don't well, know that's about the TVA's that. influence, you know, but the that's, jet ski thing, the satiation so. for jet skis just can't be suppressed. I Who guess that's Danny McBride play in the MCU. Any part he wants, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. And he writes his own dialogue, um, and styles his own. He does his own styling. Can he be like a multiverse Tony Stark? Honestly, that'd be great. <laughs> Honestly, he would actually fucking kill that. Like right? he actually would kill that. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Or you could just put him. Parents still alive. Movies. He grows. He uh, lives in their basement, um, but just bawling out of his mind. Yeah, he's just using all of Howard's equipment. Like yeah, at night that's exactly. when Howard's asleep. Howard's doing all the work, but he's just like off doing his. He's basically that one scene in Iron Man Two, but always. Or like James Franco, in Spider Man. Right. Yeah. 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 Using Willem Dafoe's toys. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it, it, but I yeah, was going to say, all, like ultimately, um, mm -hmm. when it comes down to where we're going with this is. Obviously, that with what Sylvie's doing, that's going to be a, a break in not only the timeline, but just, and with the combination of that and whatever Wanda ends up doing, this probably is all these things combined is uh, is just a, a combination. Well, I, I'm just going to do a be... quick cut in between there just because, like, I just want to cover the rest. Basically, they get to uh, yeah. get to the arc, arc's breaking down, big fireworks, good action scene, cue cliffhanger. let Good not, action not, scene. Action scene. Action. They scene were trying curse. to do a long take, except it's ninety nine percent CGI. So it's that, just yeah, like them awkward. running back yeah. and forth down a hallway while shit explodes. <laughs> it was chaotic. completely batshit insane. Yeah, it was completely <laughs> incomprehensible. What? Because you had no sense of the geography of what um, where they're running, and that's fine. But if it you're gonna do that, then you need to be. Me. You need to be put more in your their camera is way too far away to do that. Like you, you simultaneously didn't know where they were going, 
but you weren't like close enough to them to feel the disorientation they were feeling. Right. So it just felt like you didn't know what was going on. It kind of reminded me of an episode of Reboot. I don't know if that was a thing that you guys ever had at any point. I might be doing a very specific reference. That's fine. Is this a Canadian yeah. thing, guys? It might be a Canadian thing at this point. Any Canadian listeners, if you remember Reboot, just at MC University Pod, so I don't feel bad about myself. Um, the but- biggest question I had from that crazy ass scene though was at one point does loki catch a building and flip it back with the force what? can he what do that, that? <laughs> yeah that was something that we haven't seen before just real quick him. just like tossed this building i was like damn dude my, uh, my my mini moment was like did loki actually have like did like when those i want to say time turner but it's not a time turner. <laughs> um Tell just like he, no, no the time the, thing from the, uh, the tva yeah, uh, like something oh, to flip it around. I see. Like there might be something that's going on there, but like he yeah, but that thing broke though. That thing got busted. Yeah, it got there busted. There was a ten pack got busted, but like uh, one of the time I, the things that make you go back and forth. But that oh, wouldn't yeah. work because oh, the building okay, would okay, have okay. to have had a sensor on it in order for that to work. Exactly. Right. I, I I don't really know because he obviously can manipulate matter to some extent, but. Not to wild. that extent, it doesn't seem like in the past. I'm not sure. Maybe his I hope powers are stronger on this moon because of yeah. gravity or something. Or yeah, or maybe it's like, you know, the... You, you know, I didn't think of that, but yeah, his we have seen that at all. extra strong. Um, One thing I wanted to mention before uh, the end of the episode is we also get Sylvie explaining how her powers work a little bit more in detail, right, we talking, especially yeah. like the... That's basically what leads to the reveal of figuring out like that how the TVA is kind of bullshit, because she she basically points out that um, she does go directly into their mind, has to find memories of theirs. It's essentially like an inception. Yeah, Yeah. this is an enchantress. This this is an enchantress thing. So like, yeah, basically, so she's enchantress, one hundred percent. Well, yeah, yes. but it's, like, it's, it's the MCU's it's the MCU's flip on it by but we're that not gonna doesn't, call her Loki. It doesn't mean that she's not a Loki variant. Yeah. Yet. Yeah, they can yeah. just. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, I don't know if she is or isn't, but I I think the MCU combines characters all the time because you yeah. know there's That's ten thousand comic book characters. It, it, and I think it's only so much like space. combining characters together, but also this episode kind of leaving you in a place of like all bets are off, anything is yeah. possible. But I yeah, could see all her powers. That's all in. Chantress's powers. My pet theory so. is that she's his multiverse daughter. Okay. Mm. Okay. Interessante. We still uh, got more Lokis yeah. to see on top of that. Yeah, too, and, so and, I, and that curious. is kind of why I'm. That's not. A, that's not a bad theory, if only because of all the things that they don't actually share anything mm-hmm. about is like you would think Her as very parents. Parents, yeah. exactly. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't. Talk he's about talking about anyway. his mom this whole time, and it's yeah. not like. Whoa, bro! I have the same mom too. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like my mom doesn't know magic at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was the thing. I was that's where it come came up for me of like what finding out what exactly she is because like mm-hmm. how much in common do you need to have with Loki in order to be a Loki variant? Like does does every Loki variant have Frigga and Odin as parents or like what what is the thing that they have to share in common that makes them still a Loki variant? Right. Right. Like because... in the kind of way, like when you see it with like Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. right? Like it is different spider characters mm-hmm. and they have different versions of relate. Like some have a father, some have like an aunt, like all of it. I think they yeah. exist in different forms, but yeah, yeah, exactly to your point, Jake. Yeah. Cause well, cause the, the, the thing, thing is though, was... Spider-Man's a title and Loki is a person. Right. Is the right, right. Just but just like in terms of like the... bit. Yeah. 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 
But earlier in the episode, she also said that she's been running from the TVA her entire life. Right. Yeah. So what if there's some really freaky time loop shit and she's his daughter that was like born in the TVA or something? Oh, right. Oh, like that they come round about to that moment. Uh, Because that's the thing. That's the thing that I've been kind of struggling with the most, I would say, with the whole TVA concept is just the way that they, of course, have to present time to us linearly. But clearly, these people are perceiving it non-linearly because they can just jump around or whatever. So I I have like... I wonder if anyone's breaking down across like Endgame and this and just everything that in between, like how exactly time works in the MCU. I mean, just to reference another Nolan thing, I mean, it's just like Interstellar, right? Like... Is he, uh, Sylvie's gonna find out that Loki's been playing the piano the whole time or whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. So I just I'm curious how much how much they can really get into that with three more episodes and mm-hmm. with everything going forward. But like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like from the grand scheme of things, like yeah. So creation... AC, I'm actually gonna ask you like it, like very specifically. So if you can list off, um. For Loki, for Sylvie, and for the TVA, what are the different conclusions they could be coming to at the end of this? Because, like, to Maze's point, I don't know that we can hit all of them, but at least, like, what are the possibilities that we could be facing? Um, I mean, TVA, clearly to me, TVA is just a direct to uh, line to Kang. Um, okay. As far as Sylvie goes, I feel like Sylvie is going to be the sacrificial lamb. If you had to tell me who was going to disappear, and as mm-hmm. far as Loki is concerned, um, I think there's a chance. Considering if if this the conception of this show and how I originally thought it was going to be made me think that this was like a one-off, and he would, you know, he'd either sacrifice or whatever, mm-hmm. and be like kind of like the hero in the story or whatever. But this is the way Jordan they, to the Wizards. Right, basically, like <laughs> the last, uh, the, his real last, last dance. Mariah Carey's going to show up but... at the end in a jersey dress and sing him, <laughs> sing Hero to him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, in this, in this instance, because they've gone so deep in his character now through the first three episodes and we're learning so much more about him, it just feels like he's going to end up in some type of purgatory. And I know that they've been denying a lot that there's going to be a season two of this, but I would not be shocked if there's going to be a season two of this. I would actually put more money on yes than no, um, right. yeah. personally. Just because, point. just reading the vibe of Tom Hiddleston interviews, because you know I love celebrity interviews. He, <laughs> he loved doing it. And also he just talks so glowingly about being a producer on it and right. breaking the story and so clearly he likes doing the character and it also of all the shows thus far it's definitely the one that i think could most easily it's got legs some, it's yeah. got yeah, legs it does yeah. have it does i mean have legs. it's like i compared to the doctor who and doctor who's been on for uh 58 years i think so um, maze do you like that direction at all well i just i, I wonder how the tva is gonna mesh with the rest because okay. they did yep. this whole oh look at these little cute little infinity gems that are sitting in this drawer that Pillboy is sitting at. <laughs> like this is like everything in the entire MCU is small potatoes to the TVA. Right. So you've created this monster. So either like 
it either has to be like a bad place reveal or this has to be like a very significant part of right like this has to this has to either be completely self-contained and it's like we get loki season two and he's still doing time stuff Mm -hmm. or like tva is gonna expand into everything and that that i don't know like that that seems like ambitious but waldron is so connected to the future of marvel like he's writing multiverse of madness Mm-hmm. That that kind of makes you think that it could be bigger picture stuff. Right. He's, he said as such, like a lot of this kind of translates into what we're going to see in Multiverse of Madness and, and a lot of that. So, and then of course, like a, a Kang obviously is going to be an Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum Mania. So that's like, yeah, so another... that's what I wanted to ask you, AC. So he, they, they announced that Kang's coming in Quantum Mania. But this guy and this show are multiverse stuff. So yeah. why would you announce Kang down the line and then try to like sneak him in here? Wouldn't it be way better if they hadn't announced him yet? It probably would have, but I don't think that you put his his uh canon girlfriend, canon lover mm-hmm. in this show. If you're not either going to directly allude to him or have him appear, how much do you see him appearing in the like? Because it could just be like end of series, like mm-hmm. yeah, it might just see be him. It's gonna be for five seconds. Yeah, yeah. I, it's gonna I be a post credit thing, and that's it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not okay. gonna be for anything, but like mm-hmm. I would say, like 80 percent chance that we see. Yeah, him. and and obviously, I think the reason they announced him the moment he was cast is because. Yeah, I mean, like if you're Jonathan Major's agent in Disney's like, hey, can you keep a lid on this until after Loki? He's like, no, I'm not going to keep a lid on this. Until Jonathan after Major is so hot right now. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you, do, do, you want, do you want me to work in this town again? I need to let everyone know that he was cast as the villain in Ant-Man 3. Right. Which, by the way, he didn't. Which, by the way, he denied the he denied his involvement in Loki. But these guys all lie. Like everybody lies. It doesn't mean I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. legitimately There's hate no that they ask questions. Into that. Yeah, yeah. I hate yeah. that they ask the question because it's just like you're never going to get an honest answer. You're just making someone uncomfortable. Like it, I think it's just legit bad journalism. And I'm I you know I get on my high horse all the time. But I was Look at how they got what's her face. Um, what, what what's her name again? Uh, John Krasinski's uh... Emily Blunt. there you go like somebody on the set of a quiet place too they were asking her about fantastic four rumors and she just lost it i'll be honest with you i genuinely and i might be wrong i don't think they're going to be revisions no no because she doesn't seem to want to do it at all and like she's not giving the denial of like oh it'll be fun it's like she's like no i don't want to do it and it's kind of annoying and also i'm glad they're not going to be because i don't want them to be because i don't think john krasinski can play that smart but that's what that's whatever wow (laughs) Shame. Like, no, he's he's a smart guy, but Reed Richards is supposed to be like the smartest guy in the world. Like, I just never believe that Jim Halpert is that cerebral. Like, I just don't. Sorry, Yon Grafud was doing it. No, for I don't think. For the record, <laughs> no, I don't think they've cast a good Reed Richards thus far. Maze, you want to rewatch Fantastic Four and watch it with us for a Patreon? Yo, what's terrifying is that all of the Fantastic Four is qualify they, for Cinephobe. They all wow. qualify. They all do. Four. They the should. Fantastic that's terrible. not a surprise, but that They're is terrifying. terrible. God's no, and Yon Griffith was not good, but at least he like had the look of a guy who could do complex equations in his head, and he was well mm. so that makes him oh. smart. Yeah, but, who, who no, that's, who do you, that's who what I think when I see his face. Yeah. Me? Like, it de- it depends on how old they're going to do it. Because okay. if they're doing young, like if they're younger, Gun, it's Chalamet is for me, but okay. that's too. But if they're older, then that opens up a lot more possibilities, and I right. have to really think about it. But you know like who said, sounds super smart? 
in movies, Jesse Eisenberg, oh. Aaron Sorkin to write it. I mean, Reed oh Richards, rat a tat dialogue, make him yeah. never shut up. See, that's absolutely on fire. You're just describing actually like my favorite movie ever made. That doesn't exist yet. And I'm not happy about that. But Aaron Sorkin <laughs> writing a Fantastic Four movie starring Jesse Eisenberg, like I would buy three tickets the night it came out. <laughs> so there's so much walking ass. talk around the Baxter building. <laughs> the mitigating factor with this is obviously since Majors is playing Kang, mm-hmm. Kang in the comics has a relation to the Richards family. Right. So that could it's be all like, connected yeah. is what you're that saying. That could be like a thing. So de- depending on the casting, that could really change how the Fantastic Four is actually cast. Let me ask you guys one at a time. Right. Jerome first. Mm-hmm. Which one are we getting first? Fantastic Four or X-Men? Fantastic Four. It's already been announced. Last movie of Phase Four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not a hypothetical. They've announced it. Yeah, last, fa- last movie of Phase Four. The X-Men unless, thing. Unless, unless, unless someone wants to go on a limb here and be like, nah, fuck it. They're coming X-Men anyway, like under the radar, <laughs> which is like, I'll, yeah, I'll give you those. Odds. I just, the, the thing with the X-Men and I, and I just say, well, how, how do I say this delicately? That's like back burner. Like we're doing that after phase four. Like we're, we're I, I automatically think, doing that after phase I, four. I would say if you look at where they're going, it's going it just it's going so far beyond um where the x-men can enter at this point yeah I, let the yeah. multiverse of madness thing play out first right that's right. gonna be the movie that changes like the entire of course. landscape of course of but like in terms thing. of like if, yeah. when you think about it uh, uh like like you said with a king like when you're pulling in a hero for it like we need a Fantastic Four. We need a Reed Richards more so than we need yeah. Professor fucking Xavier. <laughs> and those are also only four characters. Um, and, and I also think that Kevin Feige, I just know that, I don't know this for sure, but it's like, he's probably thinking- No one's powering I can, up Cerebro. Uh, yeah, uh, let me wait. Uh, yeah, but let me actually pull up the Cerebro and think through Kevin Feige's head. But like, he's like, we have enough content to get into like 2030 without even thinking about the X-Men. And then we can just spend all the 2030s doing the X-Men. Like they, I just think that oh, they yeah, have yeah, such yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they have such a long-term idea like that it's chilling. like, that I think they, they delayed have, Blade yeah. a year because of all of this other crap that's coming how, out. So it's like, we don't even need to do Blade right now. How loaded are you that you're just like, all right, Rehearsal left, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Just hold on a year. I just love how they work your new blade and Rehearsal like, comes in, drops both his Oscars on the table and says, we're doing blade, which I just <laughs> love. <laughs> that is tremendous. All right, well, oh, fuck man. you guys. X-Men are coming first. How about that? Thank you, Mace. This is what <laughs> I, I wanted. This I mean, hey, you I could want. argue because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were introduced in Age of Ultron. They already were introduced. So, if any, yeah, yeah, true. in theory, they're already in there, but not. Well, and also, think, we do I have. I think yeah, that it's possible boner. that we. I think what it's more, what's most likely to be is like the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. are already alive in our they current are, yes. MCU. Yes. Maybe they haven't done their mission yet. So they don't people, have superpowers People were alluding yet. to parts of when Tony sells the Avengers building in Homecoming, like who's going to take space there afterward. And they don't and talk, we didn't even get the it. reveal to that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, you know, it's real simple to knock one leg of that A off and turn it into a four. So, you know, that's exactly. already built in. And that branding. just saves money, you know? Like yeah, if you, yeah, when yeah. you're buying a huge tower, you need to cut costs wherever you can. Right. But I could, I could see, I could that. see... It'd probably have to be Wolverine pop up somehow in a multiverse thing. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Just... I mean, Wolverine allegedly they're doing a TV series on. Because That's the I most think important wanna... casting, I think, 
of anything coming Correct. up, like way more than anybody in the Fantastic Four is like well, okay. nailing Wolverine again. I okay. My question around that though is, mm-hmm. it's only really important to like it's old at this point though. Like, how many current fans that are really diving into MCU right now are like really just Hugh Jackman loyalists? Honestly. Yeah, I don't but think I think they don't mind. That's not necessarily what I mean in terms right, of like, right. I don't think it's like, oh, I can't believe they oh, replaced Hugh. Oh, just because it's Hugh. such an iconic character? Yeah. It just means they have to yeah. get it right again. The reason that Hugh was so point. good is because he stayed jacked and was like really good at it for <laughs> 20 years. Like that's yeah. that's pretty hard and, to replace. And I think because yeah. so much of what the popular consciousness of what Wolverine is, is Hugh Jackman. And mm-hmm. not and so it's not a question of people are going to be betrayed if it's not Hugh Jackman. It's that like, you have to get an actor who is good enough to make it their own and not not to make their performance not defined by either they're trying to be Hugh Jackman or they're trying to or not to be Hugh Jackman, you know? Which yeah, is yeah. a like problem that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield did not present. No, exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's, that's and, a great and, point. And, but, yeah. and I was going to say, in the same way that I think that the problems with the two It's the Heath later, Ledger Joker well, no, I, I was actually going to go to Batman, but I was going to go like Val Kilmer and like George Clooney. It feels like they're both trying to do Michael Keaton, whereas like right. Christian Bale is not trying to or trying not to do right. Michael Keaton. He's just doing he's something doing else. Some other shit. And so I think yeah. you need to, even no matter what it is, you need to find someone who's willing to do something completely different. And so I agree yeah. that that's the most important casting. Also because like something like a Professor Xavier, like you get any good older actor shave uh, head that's fine he, that's he easy. yeah 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 like that's a, a shave his head that. shave his head he's good to go yeah, yeah. there's like six yeah. prestigious british actors now who could do i wouldn't it, say though. it's as important casting but i really hope they get cyclops right because they really like screwed that guy like he's so important james marsden was so hot in 2000 though that's yeah, the thing don't hate on james marsden he not, was so red hot <laughs> no I really Hugh saw Jackson him at a unknown. sushi place in LA. Like the one time I went to LA, he was just like there. And I was I like, just, that's I mean, fucking if, Cyclops. Um, you, they, they, in hindsight, it was so bad. I wanted to go to his table and, I, and just say like, they killed you off screen. In, in the year 2000, <laughs> if you were casting the X-Men movie and you told like your friends, like, hey, mm. I just cast James Marsden and Famke Jansen, they would have bought you a round of drinks. Like, holy shit, you nailed it. Yeah, and oh yeah, yeah, without question. It blew up in the face. Just, yeah. So my point being, pick people who are going to have lasting careers and uh, not Famke Jansen. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't I think, think like, Chalamet can be Wolverine though. So no, unfortunately not. <laughs> like I feel like just generally with the Wolverine casting, I'm sure they're going to take their time with it because when they do, what they're going to do with that character is they're going to they're not going to do it the same as like the X Men movies. They're going to like sprinkle him in all over. Yeah. So like oh, yeah. that Wolverine oh, series God. is supposed to be like an anthology thing. So following him around different time periods, allegedly. So Man. if you have some, you need somebody with a lot, like you said, Jake and, and Maze, like longevity is very important there. Right. Especially because the character has to look exactly the same for like a hundred years. And that's that's like a superpower <laughs> that we didn't even know Hugh Jackman had. Like it's Once unbelievable. Again, and I'll talk about it more when we do Mission Impossible 2 on the Patreon. But he Dr. was Scott. literally- yeah, he was Drew Gray Scott, the Scottish actor who plays the villain in Mission Impossible 2, was mm-hmm. cast as Wolverine, and he had yeah. to back out because Mission Impossible 2 went on too long, and they cast Hugh Jackman like two weeks before X-Men started. One of the <laughs> most important castings in Hollywood history, period, end of sentence, was done two weeks before the movie started filming. So the moral of the story is, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's in my Mount Rushmore with uh, the LXG story of Stuart Townsend getting replaced by Viggo Mortensen mm-hmm. for Aragorn and Lord of the yeah. Rings. 
and then the alternate matrix that yes, exists the in the multiverse well, with Sean about, Connery oh, and you're Will forgetting Smith. the goat which is them shooting five weeks of back to the future with eric stoltz and then going back yeah they yeah. shot five full well, weeks they had of time travel capabilities so i'm not surprised by that at all <laughs> or imagine if terrence so howard long. never asked for so much more money oh my god that like, was just god sent. I would kill for Terrence Howard to still be in the MCU. Oh no! Absolutely. Why with the multiverse? Like we're, 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 we're back in it. It would be. I could just. I the, the movies themselves might not be that that different. Although I think they would be. But like the jovialness that like they the 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 way that like they talk about like yeah you know it's relaxed or whatever. There's no one. No one's like a diva on set. No one would be saying that if Terrence Howard is on set. War Machine would have all the biggest demands. I don't know. I just think I will stand for Don Cheadle in anything, and I don't particularly like Terrence Howard as an actor. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah, he'll stand he's... for him because he can't stand for himself without robot legs anymore, Jake. Wow, that's <laughs> really rude. And you know, he, did you build yourself robot legs? To, you know, if you had a problem, no, you. Sorry, I sorry, I forgot how polite this podcast is. My bad. Yeah, you're right. But also, we could get chippy. We get chippy ironically. Never. Uh, whereas yeah, on Cinephobe, yeah. sometimes it feels like, oh wow, Amin and Zach might be mad at each other right now. <laughs> um, but uh, no, we're never actually. That's mad one at each way other to put anymore. it. <laughs> I mean, all that said, shout out the Phoenix Suns and campaign. Um, <laughs> well said. Uh, well, okay, let's get back to the episode. So just, I want to close out. Um, so obviously this felt like a bit of a pause in what felt like a bit of like some of a breakneck pace that was going in the first two episodes. We have, we're halfway through, we got three more left. Uh, I'm going to ask around the room. Let's just go to episode four. Like, how do we get back on track? Or if you're feeling that we need to, um, what do you want to see addressed immediately or next maze? Well, at the end of the episode, which should have been called Before Apocalypse, <laughs> they're literally stranded in space in the future. Right. So we need some divine intervention of some kind uh-huh. to come bail them out. This would be a prime time for a cameo. Yep. Who could show up that we really could latch on to? The only person I could think of was Captain Marvel. Yeah. I think that would probably I... be a lot for this show. But it's probably more likely that the the TVA just finds them and I actually have right, a theory. Yeah. I have somehow. a theory of what's how it's going to be resolved, and I might I'm probably wrong. But mm-hmm. I, my theory is I yeah. think that for one reason or another, maybe because he wanted more information or I don't know what, I think that the te- whatever the teleport device is called, the one that was broken, that was an illusion. That the act real one's actually not broken. I think that Loki was faking I think that for some reason. Possible. Yeah. Oh, that would be such a Loki move. So just so he could talk more to her? About- I'm not sure. That's why That's why the theory doesn't really work. But I mean, well, no, because the mom stuff was before that. Um, but uh, I, I honestly don't know. I, I just feel like the way that like they, they kind of just moved but, like, on it's from like that a long broken to um, felt. Yeah. Like not necessarily to find out more, but like even just strategically find out how her powers work, find out how um, even just like the reveals that she knows about the TVA. Uh it's kind of the situation, you know, you put, you, you become uh, bonded in that very terrible situation that he can maybe take advantage of that. Maybe. Uh, yeah. This is just yeah. a guess. I don't know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I guess I was just, I noticed that they spent so little time. Like there, I don't even know if there's like any insert shots looking up close at the broken mm-hmm. device. And I was like, Oh, that feels like they're treating it. Like it's not a big deal that it's broken, but it feels like that would be a very big deal. 
I mean, there, somewhere somewhere uh, in this time, there should be some form of a new Asgard elsewhere. Is there a Bifrost of any sort, or is that all? Like, I guess Asgard itself was destroyed, but I, I'm wondering. I, no, no, Loki, like Loki came to... out as Bifrost this episode. <laughs> but regardless, no matter how they get out of it, they do have to get back to the TVA. Yes. That's right. Yeah. We can't yeah. have them running amok in 2071 or whatever it is. And then the other thing is I want to see how the, the Minutemen are going to clean up this giant mess that she left that's, for them. That's my so thing. Because right. um, obviously work, this one little apocalypse thing. Yeah, like we're losing our main character of the show. But I'm just like, oh, like really big fucking problems are going on right now outside of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the thing I definitely want them to get back to. Um AC, what are you? I mean, you've already kind of tapped into, but like anything else you're looking for immediately in episode four? Let's say episode four, not even going ahead. Yeah, I mean, just for episode four, I I feel like because of what happened in episode two, where Loki taught Mobius that hey, we found the variant hiding in apocalyptic scenarios, they'll probably just use that same. I mean, they end up there because it's part of a list of places that Sylvie has. So like the pattern is confirmed. It's not right. that like Mobius couldn't just replicate the um, process and find it. Where do you think See, WandaVision taught is? me, so WandaVision taught me this already. I ain't overthinking this anymore. That's so a good like, question, I, Jake, by the way. We'll go to your I was question. Because I'm wondering, that. like, yeah. where did you get the list? Because you know how, I don't know about you, but I feel like I fall down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole of lists all the time. And there's gotta be like a list of apocalyptic events. And if, if say she's traveling from like 2120, she can just go to a list, it's, you know, find all those. And I right. don't know, I feel like that's But it's fun. also like, that's the possibility of, you know, Maze's whole idea of this looping in one way or another. That is true. She she's got she knows how to hack the TVA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's some pretty you know Hugh Jackman and Swordfish level shit. Like mm-hmm. just to be able <laughs> and exactly, to... and she's not even getting oral sex under her while she's doing it. Yeah, yeah, imagine if she was under pressure. You know, I know. Like, totally different story. <laughs> God, but like, that's that movie is the movie that made me stop watching the movie, all the movies before Cinephobe. I watched some of them, but I tried to do all like I, there's some I just skipped. Like I didn't watch Good Luck Chuck because I just hate Dan Cook. But like I was like, let me try to before I listen to an episode, let me watch the movie. Action and I watched Jackson. Swordfish, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> when Never you get Jake Jackson. at a point that he's like, no, yeah, like, I know. Yeah. It's really, it's a, really a problem. How my ta- my threshold for watching a movie is so low, and if you get a movie where I'm like, no, not for me. Like it's <laughs> that's really a you need to just really need to reevaluate your career in Hollywood. Honestly, going back to your question real quick, Jake. So how did she find it? It you know Loki after spending a couple days or whatever yeah. time works in the tva had the same like thought process right no, 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 no. Like, i'm not talking about how she came up with the idea i'm saying where did she get the master list of apocalypses through time well that, that's, I, why, that's why that's what i'm getting at i think that's where mace is going yeah. oh right 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 oh right because she's in the tva yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. i think she's like before she knows how to like skulk around the secret passageways or whatever of the tva and she's although hold on uh Correction, she seemed surprised when her powers didn't work. Yes, good call. Right. So that yeah. also means that maybe not. So, like, but she's familiar with them, but maybe she hasn't been there. I don't know. Yeah. And it also makes you wonder a question that I've wondered. And, and, I, I, and like her, her main directive actually has been to get to the timekeeper. So I don't know that she's necessarily trying to roam around the TVA as much as getting straight to the golden elevator. Yeah. Too much. She's just trying to destroy him. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Now, it does bring up the question, though, and I've seen theories on this. Where is the TVA? Where where is it? 
Um, I've heard theories. We've heard theories. So, uh, actually, yeah, 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 shout yeah. out to shout out to my guy uh, Hunter Redesi over at Murphy's Multiverse. He he put out the photo last. I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically showing like the quantum realm and what the TVA looks like from far away, and it looks strikingly similar. And the reason I say that right. is that that's how the Infinity Stones would make sense to me. That like if they were to say Infinity Stones don't work in the quantum realm for whatever reason, I would just believe that because I sure, quantum sure, realm. Sure. As as uh, Paul Rudd says in Ant Man and the Wasp, you put quantum in front of something, and you know it just makes sense. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, like AC, uh, that theory does it have any legs in your opinion? I mean, it, I mean, with the connection to, uh, with the connection. I, I know, theory, I know, you've been trying very hard to not like dive deep into theories, but we're like throwing you far into the deep end at this point, just to like. Yeah, like <laughs> with the connect. Well, well, that, well, with the connection to Kang and and Quantum Mania, mm-hmm. you can put those two together and be like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and, right. And there might be an explanation coming forward, maybe at the end of the series, and then eventually leading into that. But um. You know, as far as just what it what it may look like, I I think it's definitely possible. Um, right. Though though I I will stress that I think it's it's very important that like when we look at the way that all of these series have gone to this point, it's a lot simpler than we think, man. It's just I, like I, not I like- agree, but I actually don't think making it in the quantum realm is overly complicated because. They've already established it's a place that time acts differently. And so right. that's true. The, the, the two choices are either they invent a new plane of reality where it can exist because it can't exist on just a random planet because it yep. exists in a place where time acts differently. Sure. Right. And so either they can either they're going to have to invent like the like Janet's void in the good place type thing. Mm-hmm. Or they can just use the thing they already have where time works differently. So like it's I guess the reason why I don't. It's because the answer to it has to be complicated because it can't be in an actual physical place. And so sure, right. I think that it actually just be kind of easy to say, like, you, if, if the thing, Marvel fans already understand that time works differently in the quantum realm, why don't we just, the secret is that it's actually miniature, that, like, you know, that you think it's in a, that where, where are we actually? Like, well, if it is the quantum realm, it's not complicated. It actually connects very conveniently. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'm trying to say it's yeah, less right. complicated than the alternative of making up a new thing. Exactly. But it also makes, I mean, it just reinforces how powerful the TVA's technology is. Then. Exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super fond of that theory. Like, I would prefer it to just kind of be its own thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, given, given that Kang is coming in, in uh, Quantumania, like, it's it's really it really is going to be fascinating to see the connection between Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness and the Ant Man movie because it could either be basically that it's like two different directions that are going to somehow connect. I I think that that makes a little more sense to me than like they're all like meshed together. The reason why I would say they're all meshed together is because the very little I know about quantum physics would imply that the thing that would make multiverses is. The difference in quanta yeah uh, that, i mean that's devs like that's another phenomenal mm-hmm. show like mm-hmm. that, Shout out the that dived into that you know and that kind of like the devs projections are not all that dissimilar from what enchantress is doing you yeah. know so i mean i didn't watch devs because uh the ending of ex machina made me too mad to ever watch anything alex Goldman makes again here we go but, again man um, Jake just like <laughs> i just you really, I, I you really draw lines of the sand, Jake. Ex Machina it, is really good, but I got duped by the ending. I was a sucker, and I made me really <laughs> mad, and I'm never going to watch anything he makes again. And that's fine. 
Um, that but, and Swordfish. Uh, no, no, Swordfish actually. I mean, I <laughs> Xbox is a much, much better movie than Swordfish. It's just, you know, a good good art can make of you course. mad. But anyway, uh, no, that was mostly just me doing a throwaway joke. But um, that, I guess, I, I think they'll probably be somewhat in- interconnected just because I think that, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that Marvel might think they're biting off too much that they can chew if they come up with two different like outside at different places where alternate realities can exist where like there's different quantum realities and different multiverses um i just think that that would be confusing for casual viewers in a way that even obviously multiverses are confusing but if you say like multiverses are created by differences in the quantum realm then like that at least don't worry Jake, you know, also- just do it with a cute little animation and it'll all make sense Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. and this also makes me wonder, like, just tangentially, like the the Spider Man movie, mm-hmm. are they even going to? Because obviously, there's multiverse in that too. So just explaining all of that seems. like... I'm sure uh, Sony is just like sitting on the side, being like, "So we connect into this?" Or like, maybe, like, like I was, he was like, "Maybe <laughs> we're not really thinking about you in that regard." Like, we're not. Thinking is, about why, it is wild that that was that that wasn't even their original choice for what they were going to do with that movie. Yeah, right. I, I I think that Sony's like already factoring in, and then Kevin Feige uh, just hands over like a post-it note with the box office returns of Homecoming Far From Home compared to the Amazing Spider-Man right. one and two, and it's like oh like, whatever yeah 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 sure, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Also, Into the Spider Verse was also like much 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 more. I th- I'm paying for your dinner. You're gonna, gonna eat be. what I tell you to eat. So yeah, yeah exactly. I think they're like yeah fine. They're like they're really mad about it, but they know they can't say anything because they know that they be right exactly. Um well okay uh like just with that um. Maze, I actually do want to hear then a little kind of larger end of the season. Where do you think we get left off then? I think AC's right on in that Sylvie the Enchantress is only meant for this series. Yeah, that feels... Her arc will conclude. She's going to have a reveal whether she's his daughter or she's, you know, just not Loki or she is Loki, whatever it is. That's going to come to a close. I think that there's no way that they could put this Loki back into anything that happens going forward. So I would say he's pretty much in the same kind of situation. And yeah. I think it's basically going to end with like Owen Wilson and, and Loki are partners now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, I wouldn't mind that at all. The chemistry between those two dudes is, is, is absolutely like... Honestly, I would say... Like just the lack of Mobius in the episode is what also just made it feel like such a low yeah, I miss energy. Them. I yeah, them. I miss him a lot. Yeah. I, All right. Yeah. I think it's gonna I think the series, honestly, and this might just be my the way that I like to write things, but in some way, shape, or form, I think they're gonna like team up and be partners and they're gonna put like outside the constraints of the TVA and mm-hmm. when like they, they get out like they leave somewhere they're out in the bright sun and Loki like points over and he bought him a jet ski or something like that I think that that's <laughs> I hope that, I think and then that. they've right. been lying to us this whole time and Mobius says wow you got me a jet ski <laughs> oh my yeah because I in case you guys didn't see uh Kate Heron the director just said that Owen Wilson doesn't say wow in the series he doesn't right. say it no, but I was going to say that they then they do a reboot of Miami Vice. Um, mm. Now, wow. the, obviously, the question that? then being which one is uh, Tubbs, either answer is offensive. But um, could they do some sort of like reboot of Time Cop? I mean, is, what is are they not already doing that? 
I mean, yes, but like <laughs> just like a complete reinvention somehow fit in John Claude Van Damme. You know, you know, the thing is, I feel like there's a lot of IP out there. I don't know if there's that much sizzle coming off a of Time Cop. I don't know what studio is like. We need to redo Time Cop. You'd be but like that, You say that, but then you're like surprised with whatever comes out. That anyways. is true. Yeah. That is true. I guess the thing is, I just feel like as someone my age who's like the youngest one here, who's in like the very much in the pocket of who these movies are for. Whenever yeah, they do yeah. a reboot, I can already t- always tell you which ones are going to be successful and which ones aren't. Cause it's like, there's so- Oh, we can tell me- too. Yeah, okay. No, I just want to make sure. Cause like, no, actually I'm not, the reason I say that is because I got a, not an argument, but like a discussion on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I think it actually was with uh, patron Jimmer about the okay. Highlander, that they're going to reboot the Highlander. I'm like, the Highlander would not do well. Cause it's, there's some things from the 80s that people who are under 30 care about, and there's some things yeah. that people don't. And no one under 30 cares about the Highlander. And right. no one under 30 cares about Time Cop. You know, I think Time Cop was the 90s. But like, anyway. If, if they care about the – like, High, the Highlander's success will not be at all based on the nostalgia around it. If well, it, no, it's only if just, it but there's also certain things that are – this is just complete tangent, but where mm-hmm. – Younger, because you can't just you. No movie will ever make enough money just off of nostalgia. Like yes. the Adams Family movies in the '90s were seen by people who were not alive in the '60s to see the Adams yep. Family. Because there's some things that we that you don't have nostalgia for that have a cultural cash, uh, cachet. But like, so I guess my whole point being, I was just a one-off joke about Time Cop made me actually think about how dumb some reboots are. Like the right. Charlie's Angels, where like no one cares about Charlie's Angels. Why did they do that? Anyway, right. I'm trying to find it right now, but I remember seeing, I think around the time of the premiere, that one of the writers quote tweeted like Michael Waldron's post or Kate Heron's post or something and said, like, thank you for, you know, indulging me and letting me keep Loki time bitch up on the writer's room whiteboard <laughs> for like months. That's great. That's great. That's oh, time bitch. Season two. Let's go, Season baby. Two time bitch. Um, all right. Well, I. Uh, I, I think we've covered it, but are there any final, final thoughts uh, with regard to this episode or Loki in general? Oh, um, uh, okay. Uh, no, I just want to say, like, yeah, in terms of the whole, I know May started the episode with the whole filler thing. Um, it is interesting that in a six episode series that they decided to put this like smack dab in the middle. It mm-hmm. is, it is a choice. It's an interesting choice. But ultimately, I, I myself, I was fine with it. I, At least I they put it in the first half, because I feel sometimes with some of the other ones that we've come across, it's like... It was not as egregious as Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier episode exactly. five. Yes. There you go. Yes. Don't that was a filler episode for the ages. Right. Just watch Sam throw that shield in his front yard for like 15 minutes, baby. He's yeah. getting it. He's getting better. <laughs> and the funny thing is my solutions of this is actually like especially with something like this i don't know and i'm always one banging this drum and i'm the the place i zag most in the entire world that's zigging now is that i think that tv series for the most part these days are too short and like i think that i think that this episode's a fine episode to have it's just like why if this show was like 10 episodes instead of six episodes you're allowed to have because i think there should be episodes where things can breathe yes but you're only six episodes every something has to happen every episode and it's just it's kind of like there's no loki is not a super like there's no reason loki doesn't have to be six episodes i just don't know why that this is everything everything that's supposed to be good is now supposed to be under 10 episodes and it makes you frustrated anyway mm-hmm. um i'm gonna yeah, tell you on myself. but uh, ac sorry we kind of cut you off in the middle of your filler point that you wanted to make no i would not really like really i just want to say filler episodes kind of like are necessary and they're fine yeah if the character dynamics are yeah. you know up to par and they were here so you they get a pass for me yeah i, I think to maze's point um 
on like definitely felt like a filler episode. I think that's also relative to how quickly the first two moved, but mm-hmm. also yeah. um, not just quickly, but also the world building. Like here, the world just stopped. They went to a completely mm-hmm. different world that we don't think is going to even exist past that point. Mm-hmm. And so um, it just, I, I think it felt not, not just like in that, it just felt like the momentum just stopped for a mm-hmm. moment. Um, and that but, ending was but, uh, not egregious. I will that's, say I think, that it was yeah, very think, abrupt. It was an right. abrupt yeah. ending. Like it happened and then it was like, oh, credits. I was like, Damn. Well, it was abrupt literally in the sense that like he just pressed the button and they ended up somewhere else. <laughs> like he just sw- <laughs> they just put everything else on pause and went on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um Jake, you were gonna say something? I uh, was just the only the other thing I wanna say is that once again using pop music up top. I my I love when they do the they only had a couple of times where the pop music plays over the Marvel coming in. Yep. Obviously the best of all time being AC, I'm very sorry to say, but starting Iron Man three with the Marvel logo and then blue by Eiffel sixty five is one of the greatest things that's ever happened in cinema. That was good. Um, I, w- I just saw it again this weekend. I am a big fan of I will always love you over Far From Home. Oh yeah. yeah. Always yeah. great. I like I love the I love the Marvel theme song, but like with the TV, it's always you, there's gonna be at least six times to hear it. Throw in a couple of pop music choices for sure now and then, and that's what they've done. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. Well. Yeah. That covers episode three. Uh. We'll be back for episode four. Uh. But before we go, let's do our roundtable. Um. Maze, where can people find you? Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Corn Puzzle. Download and subscribe and five-star review the Cinephobe podcast where we ascertain whether a poorly rated movie is properly rated, accurately properly rated, or perhaps just didn't <laughs> get a fair shake. Um, Amina you- Hassan is not on that podcast. <laughs> um, can, do you, can you let us know what uh, movies are coming up? Well, Marvel fans, we just dropped the 1998 classic Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. starring... Mm-hmm. The Hoff himself, David Hasselhoff. Nice. That's my Nick Fury. You know, same. Now it is worth noting because I saw I saw some people tweeting about it. I don't know if anyone responded to them. Like basically being like basically implying that it was like offensive. I just want to know Nick Fury was white until Sam Jackson started playing him. Like that yeah. wasn't offensive at the time. Yeah, and there's actually yeah. some fun trivia that Amin revealed in the episode where Ooh, the comics changed. Not, not that AC. Relax. <laughs> where. The comics, Marvel actually licensed Samuel Jackson's yeah. image and That's preemptively right. yeah. drew him at Nick Fury as Sam Jackson before Iron, like six years before Iron Man even came wow. out. So that's pretty cool. God, imagine that's having really his cool. life. Sam Jackson's life rules. He's on vacation with Magic Johnson right now, I think. Well, that's the last one. And then next week is the fan voted Blank Man. Oh, oh. Superhero Month. All right. Oh, boy. That's going to be nice. tremendous. Uh, AC. Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. You know the usual. Uh, Murphy'sMultiverse.com if if any writing stuff comes up for me there. Do you have anything in the works uh, coming out of episode three? Um, yeah, I think I may do something on just the the conversation, just learning about right. not only Loki and Sylvie, just that little back and forth. Um, I I have something in the works. I did start it today, so hopefully by the weekend. All right, Jay Christie. Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Monkin, where me and Andre Barrera talk about the USA Network original show series Monk, or uh, in season seven, like I've mentioned. And also a thing about the Patreon too, which I know you're going to mention. Uh, we're mm-hmm. doing a cool thing, which I'm putting together, where we're before Black Widow, we're trying to get the definitive ranking of all MCU movies from our patrons, and so mm-hmm. we're taking lists of the top twenty-three, and I'm averaging them together. 
and work's been very slow. So I like automated the whole table and I'm finding out like the variance of who has the most similar and least similar. So you right. the average, cause once again, no, I have a lot of time in my hands. Um, so yeah, if you're a patron, you can send one of those in. If you're not a patron yet, join up for three, five or $10 a month. And uh, you can, and I mean, the discord, the, Caleb Lamester said he might fight some people over his. So this is, it's getting testy. All right. I mean, it's an MCU ranking, so we know. Actually, you know, very quickly, quick digression, MCU ranking. Maze, who is your top daddy in the MCU? Top daddy. Now are we talking like paternal father? Like has no, a like daddy. Talking about the sex like a daddy. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the fucking pirate angel. Who are we talking about? It's Thor, baby. Okay. Mm. Okay. okay. Wait, wait, which Thor? Like specifically Ragnarok Thor? Are we talking Fat Thor? Are we talking OG another you know, Thor? Um put me on the spot. I I want Ragnarok Thor's okay. attitude, but I need okay. the hair. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Is so that the possible? hair plays. Yeah. Multiverse? I mean, it's know. unclear. We didn't settle on that version of Thor, but Thor also is not number one. To find out who number one was, please tune in on the Patreon. I see. Who's your pick? You were, you were um, talking with us. Yeah, he wasn't on the pod. That's right. I, I did. Because he would have the only father. He, the he only father. Been, it was too close to home for AC. No, he would have been the only that. man to be hospitalized from sustained blushing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all had some. Y'all had some really, really good choices. Um, I know a lot of people gave Shiv a lot of no, shit no, no spoilers. Also, that was Shiv was thinking outside no, I'm the not, box. No, I'm not spoiling yeah, her yeah, list, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying yeah. they gave her. They, yeah. You know, they was they, giving us some shit for it, but nah, I thought yeah. her list was fine. Um, I yeah. feel like for me, like yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm rolling with Steve Rogers. Yeah, okay. America's ass. Okay. That's America's ass. There you All go. Right. Yeah, right. it's, uh, yeah, you know, that's, there's two hours for us to decide how that goes. We have the 10, uh, and there's some mm -hmm. out of the box stuff. And as I uh, joked to AC, that there's some podcasts that, some podcast episodes go off the rails, and some podcast episodes are smart enough to not even bother driving on the rails to begin with. I heard and, it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it no, was, I know you heard it. it and and am I incorrect? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it, it was that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, then, well, well, you can, quickly, well, quickly, let me ahead. just mention um obviously we got the spider-man episode we're going through all yeah. those films we yeah. start mission impossible soon you'll get yeah. that in yeah. july and yeah. uh yeah we'll be going forward with a lot of different types of content well you can find that if you subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash mc university pod mm -hmm. you can find me at black dragon roll on twitter and instagram and you can have yourself a wonderful week <laughs>